Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. So excited because this is Connect Sunday. And I, I love all of our brilliant green and our orange high shirts. This is going to be a Sunday where you leave connected to the body of Christ in the house of God. I fully believe that. And when I got the information that I was going to speak, God works with me in music, which is so funny to me because in my pre-saved life, I was a dancer, dance instructor, taught like hip hop classes. And so it was very interesting to me because God works with me through music, but he'll use my like secular background music and heal me from it and bring me into the future where it's sanctified music. So the title of my message is Connect Yourself Before You Wreck Yourself. So all, all of the 80s, 80s and 90s babies, you're gonna thank me for this song being stuck in your head. I think we've got, I think we've got. Come on. So I want to talk today not just about like connecting in community, although I am, but I want to talk about three areas where we need to connect as the body of Christ. And connecting with God is the first. And then I want to go over connecting to his house and then connecting into community. So we're going to start with connecting to God. And a lot of people ask, how do you connect to God? And there's many ways that you can do it, but here's some like, this is a back to the basics message. So if you're newer to church or newer to Jesus, that's okay, take some notes, listen, like here's the foundation that I was able to build on in this house. And if you are a seasoned Christian, it's okay. All seasoning needs a little salt. So let's add the salt into it. This is for everybody today, all right? So how do I connect to God in his word? That is the easiest way to connect to God in his word. And I have found in my life that I cannot have a secondhand relationship with God. And getting into his word actually shows us his character and who he is. Because coming to church and listening to a message like this is great to feed you for a season, for a time. Podcasts are amazing. Listening to other people's God stories and men's and women's prayer, that can give you hope and encouragement, but there's nothing that can replace the relationship and revelation that you get with God in his word. Amen? And here's the truth. If you want a personal relationship with God, you have to get personal with him. Know what his word says. And I grew up in the church I was a pastor's daughter, and I grew up in a deaf church, a Lutheran deaf church in Columbus, Ohio. You probably all have questions about that. You can ask me about it later. Totally fine. But I grew up knowing the word of God. But one of the very first basics that I was ever taught a scripture to hold on to, so simple, most people know it, John 3.16. And I'm going to read it. It says, for God so loved 
the world, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And as a child, I read this one way. And if I was going to have one scripture that I would ever repeat or encourage or know who God is, is this scripture that I stand on. And now as an adult, it's different for me because I'm a parent now. And I can't, like, imagine, honestly, if I had to choose sacrificing my daughter, Emerson, so that I could just have relationship with my son, Asher. Thank God I'm not God, because we would not be here today. Like, I'm sorry, but, like, I would most likely not choose to sacrifice my one child so I could have relationship with the other. But that's exactly what God did. He sent Jesus Christ to die for our sins so that we could have relationship, his sons and daughters here with him But I know that because I'm in his word. I want revelation of who he is. And think of it like dating. Like when we've all either been on a date, if you're married, it might have been a while, but like start dating again. But like when you're dating somebody, you have to spend time with them. You have to ask them questions. You have to find out their character to know who they are. It's the same thing. Like, I can't imagine if our, the people who actually connected my husband and I, if I had just listened to his friend and was like, he's so great, you're going to love him, he's amazing. Yes, he is. But I needed to, like, get to know him first. We were actually friends for three months before I said yes to going on a date because I wanted to know who he was. It's the same with God. He wants relationship with you. He he wants to be close to all of us. And in James 4, 8, the scripture says, come near to God and he will come near to you. And I've actually read this scripture quite a few times, but I got a new recent revelation in my head where it's not that if I turn and come near to God, then he turns, no, he's actually been chasing me my entire life. And it wasn't until I stopped and I came near to God that he's like, thank you, daughter, come near to me. I want to be close to you. But you have to get close to him by being in his word. Know what his word says. Know what he can stand, what you can stand on in his word for your life. In Matthew 23, 37, it says, I love this scripture. I feel like it gives a beautiful picture of God. It says, Well, not the first part, but just read it with me. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers. Ouch. Uh, That's us, by the way. How often have I wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks underneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. God wants to be close to us. No matter what choices or decisions or things that we have done, he wants to gather us in close, protect us, love us, but he gives us free will. We are sons and daughters, but we get the choice to choose to be close to God or not be close to God. And I just love our church because we stand firm in the word of God. We encourage you to be in your Bible. We have a Bible reading plan. Like we will give you a free Bible if you don't have it, but get into the word of God so you can connect yourself to God. Amen? Amen. All right. Second way that you can connect to God is in prayer. And I love that this house actually taught me how to stand in a place of authority when I pray. Because coming into the house, as as I said previously, I grew up in church, but my prayers were not 
out of a place of authority. It was almost out of a place of begging. Well, God, if you can only. Well, God, if you were willing. But God, can you please? And instead, when I got in to his word, then I knew what his word said so I could stand on it so my prayers looked different. So get into prayer with God. But prayer is a conversation. And you know what happens in a conversation? Two people speak. Not just one. It's not just me. And I have done this before. It's not just me with a laundry list of things saying, well, God, I, I'm disappointed about this and this didn't happen yet. And I haven't seen this finance and Mike is doing this. And like, I, I, that's not how it works. And I, I'm just, <laughs> you're amazing, babe. <laughs> you're fine. But I, I know, you know how I know it has to be a conversation? Because I have actually had conversations with my amazing husband, Mike, where I'll say, hey, babe, can you come over here? I just want to talk to you about some stuff. And he will sit and be very nice and calm. And then I will rattle off. I'll be like, hey, I'm disappointed you didn't do this. Hey, we still have this thing to do. That bill wasn't paid. Are we going to plan that vacation? I will keep rattling off. And he will sit and look at me. He's never said this, by the way. But his face basically looks at me and goes, do I need to be here for this conversation? Like, because, and sometimes I feel like that's how God is with me. Like, as I'm praying, he's like, hey, Rachel, are you going to take a breath? Are you going to let me speak to you as you pray? And his word says this, and I love, I love this scripture. Psalm 4610, be still and know I am God. That entire chapter talks about who God is. It talks about his character, strength, power, help, his covering, but can we just be still and know he's God? How uncomfortable, and I'm just gonna be honest, how challenging is it sometimes for us to be still or sit in quiet? Because as humans, we wanna fill that quiet with noise, with space, with a podcast, with music, whatever it is, but when was the last time that you were just still and waiting to hear the voice of God, because he does speak to us, and the Bible talks about it, and it literally says in John 10, three through four, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep, that's us, listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. So we know his voice when we're in his word, but can you be still? Can you wait? Can you listen and pray in a space of, I know God's voice. I'm gonna let it minister to me. Amen? Amen. All right. And the third way that I have found that I can connect to God is in worship. And once you have gotten into his word and once you are having conversations with him, come into worship. Don't, don't show up 10 minutes late. If you've got kids, I know it's hard, but do your best to be in the house. But allow worship to pour over you. And the Webster's Dictionary definition, this is not a Bible definition, this is just the dictionary, says, worship means to honor or show reverence, profound respect and love for a divine being or supernatural power. Because when we know who God is in his word, when we're able to communicate and talk to him in prayer, then we come and we give worship and honor and praise to him in the house of God. Amen? Amen. All right. Are you guys with me? We good? All right. Connect to God. Be in his word daily. Turn worship music on wherever you go. Have those conversations with him. And 
Ask him questions. God is not bothered by your questions. You know that he's bothered by your separation from him. So come to him. And if you have questions, you can come to the house of God as well and ask pastors and leaders and connect group leaders. We're not scared of your questions. We want you to be okay to not be okay sometimes. And we may not have the answers, but we're gonna point you back to the word of God where we will find the answers and we will stand with you so that you can get those answers. Amen? Amen. All right. Point number two, connect to his house. So I have a vision of how connecting to his house looks like. I'm gonna walk through it with you. I want you to go and have your own revelation, but I'm gonna touch on three areas. Tithing, soaking, and serving. And I don't feel like, like I need to go deeply into it, but I look at the tithe as my seed. If we're looking at this as a beautiful tree, the tithe is my seed. My soaking is allowing my roots to be planted in the healthy soil of God's house, receiving everything I need to grow closer to God and grow as a Christian. And my serve is my fruit that I bear for others because a tree doesn't bear fruit to eat for itself. Amen. All right, so we're gonna talk about the tithe and I don't really need to go deeply into this because Pastor Matt had a beautiful revelation in the message, but we're doing a back to the basics message, right? So tithe is 10% of your income, your first fruits. Tithing is really a connection to God and his house. The Bible talks about the tithe in many different ways. It is a showing of obedience. It's the only way to test God in his word and it's a heart posture that keeps us connected to God in faith and in trust because God wants your heart. It's not about the money. It's God wants your heart because in Matthew 6, 21, it says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So if, if it's weird for you or tithing is not something that you're used to doing, I encourage you, connecting to the house, bring your tithe into the storehouse and see what God is gonna do because it's about your heart, it's not about the money. Amen? All right, soaking. This is actually really important, um, coming into the house of God. Soaking in the house of God looks like this. You come to the house of God. Are you coming consistently? If you're a tree and you're trying to soak something up, but you're really only soaking a little bit, how do you think that tree's gonna grow? So come to the house of God. Allow worship to prepare your heart for God's word. Be present in a service. And I'm speaking to myself because for me to be present in a service, when my kids were old enough, I had to, you know, send them to kids' church because my kids, I love them so much, but they were a big distraction for me when I was trying to focus on a message. Maybe it's turning do not disturb on your phone so that you're not getting all those notifications and distractions coming in for you, but be present in the services. Take notes, go back and have your own revelation. I'm gonna have my own revelation, but have your own revelation in God's word of what he says for you. Go to prayer, go to men's and women's prayer, come up to the altar, go into DNA, join a connect group, attend conferences. These are all ways that you can soak in God's house and soaking is so important for your spiritual health. And I'm gonna have the guys throw up a picture real quick of it's the same tree, but it's actually a split tree. And soaking is so important because if I show you this picture on the left, 
my left, maybe your right. Over here, this is a tree that has had its roots deep in the soil, soaking up God's living word, being in the house of God, being planted so it can flourish and bear fruit. This picture is a tree that has not got its roots deep down. It is not receiving the word of God. It is not being in the house of God. And when the storms come, which tree do you think is going to last? And I know that personally for myself because I need to soak in the house of God. And I'm thankful that I've done it year after year because I have dealt with miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage. I've dealt with walking through forgiveness with my husband through unfaithfulness. I've dealt with people offending me. But because my roots were planted in the house of God and I had God's word inside of me that the storms could come, but it wouldn't matter because I was still going to bear fruit. The same for me, the same for you. And this is, I love God's word on all of us. And I know soaking is so important. And I want to speak to those who do serve in the house, but also soaking is important. I used to, I love serving in the house of God, but sometimes I can be a little like excited about it and forget that I actually need to soak. I've been in this house for 12 years. I don't wanna get burnt out. I don't wanna not love people. I don't wanna be so offended because something comes along. I know that I've had to remind myself the importance of soaking. So now we're gonna talk about serving because once you've been planted in the house, you help build his house. And I get a lot of questions. I love women's prayer. I love I get to connect with women a lot of times. And sometimes I'll have real conversations. Like people will come and ask me questions. And they'll be like, well, I feel like I'm just being asked to serve because there's a need. I'm like, yeah, that is part of it. Yes, we're the house of God. Yeah, there's a need because we only have a certain amount of people on staff. Do you know that those amazing men out there like waving the wands as you come in the parking lot? You know who they are? They're servants in the house of God. They're volunteers. Those high team people that are out there smiling and running high cards up all the way to the top, you know who they are? They're servants in the house of God. Do you know that those people in kids' church that are pouring out into your children, it's not just babysitting. They're literally pouring the word of God into your children. They're servants in the house of God. My husband and I have been in this church for about 12 years now. We're not paid staff. We are servants in the house of God because he has built me. So I want to build him. And if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. Because in Mark 10, 45, it says, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. If it's good enough for Jesus, it should be good enough for us. Psalm 92, 13 through 15 says, I love this one, says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of God. They will still bear fruit in their old age. They will stay fresh and green. Come on. I love this scripture because I'm not tooting my own horn here. This has actually happened. People will come up and have conversations with me and talk with me. And then the, the conversation of my age comes around and they're like, well, how old are you? And I'm like, oh, I'll be 42 the week of Cherish Conference. And they're like, really? I thought you were so much, you know, younger. And I'm like, that's because I'm planted in the house of God. I'm going to bear fruit in my old-ish age. And I'm going to be fresh and green. So can you. 
And they're like, amen, that's right. First Peter 4.10 says this, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its virtuous forms. So I wanna encourage you, and I've got some testimony here. Like I know I did that little like cute little rap parody. You know how that actually got unlocked? I was asked to do a Mother's Day parody video for church years ago. This was like six or seven years ago. And they were like, can you change the words to this kind of not holy song and make it fun and holy about moms? And I was like, sure, I'll try it. And then I loved it. It has literally unlocked something inside of me. And now I make my own funny videos. Like, and it's just for the joy of me, but it was unlocked in this house through serving. And do you know that when my husband and I were asked to run a connect group, at first I said no, because I was like, There's, that's too many people. I don't know if I can keep over them. Like I love people, but that's so much for me to take on. But eventually we said yes. And what happened when I said yes to that was we opened our home to people. And as they came in, there was a gift of hospitality that was unlocked inside of me and in my heart because I love taking care of people. I loved having them feel welcome and loved and comfortable. But as I gave my serve, gifts were unlocked for me and that's why we serve because your serve isn't for you, it's for somebody else. You like that one? That was good? Awesome. Great, so I expect all of you to be on serving team soon. Just saying, I'm looking at all of you. But again, as, as we are connecting ourselves before we wreck ourselves, we're gonna go into connection in community. And you know that God's word actually calls every single one of us the body of Christ. And as I was digging into scripture, there was a version that I'd never read through before, and it's literally the international children's version, um, which I love because it made it so simple. Like if I'm gonna communicate to my son and my daughter who are four and six, I want them to understand it, so we're gonna use that version. So it's 1 Corinthians 12, 12 verse 20. A person's body is one thing, but it has many parts. Yes, there are many parts to a body, but all those parts make up only one body. Christ is like that too. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Greeks, some of us are slaves, some of us are free, but we were all baptized into one body through one spirit. And we were all made to share in the one spirit. And a person's body has more than one part. It has many parts. The foot might say, I'm not a hand, so I'm not part of the body. But saying this would not stop the foot from being part of the body. And the ear might say, I'm not an eye, so I am not part of the body. But saying this would not make the ear stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, the body would not be able to hear. If the whole body were an ear, the body would not be able to smell anything. If each part of the body were the same part, there would be no body. But truly God puts the parts in the body as he wanted them. He made a place for each one of them. And so there are many parts, but only one body. We're called to be in community. We're not called to do life alone. Like if I go to, and I love this because we're all different in the body of Christ. And if I go to the grocery store and I'm walking with my two feet, 
but there's something on the top shelf. No matter how flexible I am, I'm going to need my hand to go up and reach that thing to put it in the cart. Like, we all need each other in the body of Christ. And if it was good enough for Jesus, again, it's good enough for us. Jesus had a posse of 12 friends that he consistently surrounded himself with. Yes, he may have been discipling them, but that was his community. Like, we are called to be in community because what one person has a, a great success in, if I don't, well, together we're actually stronger. So we need each other because when I'm walking through hard things in my marriage, I need somebody who has had fruit in their marriage though, so that I can hold on to that because we are better together. And But how many times do we look at community and we want it and we want friendship, but out of our insecurities, we choose to just disassociate, to isolate. We disqualify ourselves from community because maybe I don't look that way. I don't sound that way. I don't have that car. My kids aren't as well behaved as the next person. Like, so I would, how many times do we want this? We want to be part of the body of Christ, but we ourselves out of insecurity disqualify ourselves from being in the presence of what community is supposed to be. Now, I wanna share two um, fun stories with you. One is funny and one is more serious. So I'm gonna start with the funny one. Sound good? Okay. So this is a real testimony. Cherish Conference is coming up, ladies. I love Cherish Conference. Every single year, it is phenomenal. It is fun. It is meant to be powerful. And last year, as like the couple months before Cherish was coming, which is like right now, this is giving me PTSD just a little bit. <laughs> last year around this time, I remember getting a little anxious because I was like, who am I going to sit with at Cherish? Like, who am I going to have room with at church? And if anybody knows me, I am friendly. I'm an outgoing, fun person. I actually have great friendships and community, but I allowed a lie from the enemy to come in to my head and tell me that you're not going to have friends. You're not going to have community. Nobody's going to want to, to sit with you. And I remember stewing for probably like a week, and then the Holy Spirit came in, as he beautifully does sometimes, and kind of smacked me a little bit and said, Rachel, stop it. If you want to have friends, you have to be friendly. So you've got friend groups, just go ask. Put yourself out there. And it was so uncomfortable because I knew I had great friendships, but what ended up happening was, I was like, okay, Holy Spirit, you're telling me to do it, I'm gonna do it. So then I got on my phone and I voice memoed Pastor Michaela. <laughs> I'm not giving you free will to just do this, ladies. I'm just telling you, like, I've done this because Pastor Michaela and I are good friends. We've done vacations together. We've had girls' nights together. So I get on a voice memo, and I say something like this. Hey, Pastor Michaela, um, so I don't know if you've got anybody in your room or if there's going to be somebody with you, or maybe you're going to be with Pastor Katie, or maybe you're going to be with Pastor Becky. I don't know. I know you guys are campus pastors, but maybe I could, like, room with you if you don't have anybody else. Okay, thanks. Bye. Click. And I was mortified for multiple reasons after that voice memo. One, because I feel like I sounded ridiculous because she was my friend and I knew that. But also two, I literally sat for like two hours after that, just like sweating it, like sweating to the oldies, like sweating it out and being like, what is she gonna say? 
Am I gonna have to walk through disappointment? Am I going to be hurt when I put myself out there? And I get a call back, not a voice memo, not a text, because I did the voice memo texting because I was too scared to actually call her. But she called me back and she goes, oh my gosh, I would love to room with you. That would be so much fun. Please come and room with me for Cherish Conference. And we had the best time. We had pajama parties, we had game nights, we helped each other pick out clothes of what we were gonna wear. But I almost completely disqualified myself from a relationship that I had already been qualified in because of fear and anxiety, because I wanted to be part of the body of Christ, but I was looking at a Pastor Michaela, like, well, she's this and she's that and I'm not so I can't be part of it. Uh Uh-uh, that's not what God's word says. We all need each other. We all need each other to be able to do what God is calling us to in the community of Christ. Now, second testimony I wanna share because connecting in community is important. This is the whole reason that we are doing Connect Sunday. There's a purpose behind it because connecting is you connecting to multiple areas, but really we want you to connect in the body of Christ. And so when my husband and I first came to the church, we started serving um, pretty immediately in young adults. And we were serving under beautiful Pastor Matt and Loren Tuggle. And they were amazing. We loved them. They were our friends. And they were directly under Pastor David and Brianna Chittick, who were the campus pastors at the time. And there was um, this moment where I had experienced, it's called vasovagal response. I had actually been diagnosed with this um, for years. And basically it is you, it's fight or flight in your body. Like you experience pain and I would pass out and I would throw up. So I experienced this for years, for years. And any stomach flu, it's always stomach pain, any stomach flu, food poisoning, ladies every single month passing out and throwing up. And two years into being at this house, I normally, because I had walked through this for so long, my body would tell me like, okay, yeah, this is about to happen. Like go to the floor, prep yourself. But one time, it only took one time. One time I was walking out of my kitchen and I completely passed out full forward, broke my jaw, split it open here, broke my mandible, broke four teeth in my mouth. My husband was asleep on the couch and didn't hear it at all. So I don't know how that was happening, but our neighbors heard it. Sound sleeper, sound sleeper. But so Mike wakes up and sees me completely disarrayed and rushes me to the hospital where I have to then have surgery. I have to go in for surgery. They have to put pins in my mouth. They have stitches under my chin. If you wanna see, I'll show it to you later. But like, it was not pretty, okay? It was not pretty. So I go through the surgery and I come home and our connect group, who we were leading at the time, our connect group had set up a meal train for us. And it wasn't just a normal meal train because I was on a liquid diet for eight weeks. So they were bringing soups and broths and shakes for me, but then they were completely preparing meals for my husband as well. People came to our house and sat with me during the workday just so Mike could go to work because I couldn't be alone. I actually had, uh, had to be on medication, but people came that I didn't even know that would sit in my living room as I was sleeping in my bedroom so that my body could heal. 
But one of the most memorable things that happened during that time was Pastor Brianna Chittick, who I wasn't directly connected to through leadership at the time, but she was my, my campus pastor. She came over to my house and she sat with me and she prayed with me. And I needed her in a way that I had only been in this church for two years. So I was still learning my authority and praying. She sat with me and she said, Rachel, you will never go through this again. That spirit of infirmity is broken off of your body in Jesus' name, and you will not carry this for the rest of your life. Because I couldn't do it. I needed my community to come in and stand in authority and faith for me. And can I tell you, I think they have the picture of me, please don't judge. This was, this was me in the hospital the day after our surgery. Look how handsome my husband was, still is. I know it looks like I have like a headset on, it's not. It is literally like covering my ear from this. But like, th this was real. This was real and I didn't know the power or the authority at the time for me to have prayed or broken that off of me before then but it never happened again because somebody else stepped in faith to break that off of me in Jesus' name. We need community. We need connect groups. We need people to do life with, amen? Okay, so the last thing that I wanna leave you with before we close out today is I wanna give you an image of a light bulb. I think they've got it up there. A light bulb is created, isn't it cute? That's you, this is you, you are the light bulb, this is me. A light bulb is created to bring light wherever it goes, wherever it's plugged in, but to bring light, it has to be plugged in to the house, connected to a power source. For us, that is God. You are supposed to be called to be a light, but are you plugged in? Are you connected to a power source? Matthew 5, 14, 7 says this, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So church today, where are you at? What are you doing? Are you, lit, are you just lit up so bright that you are going into your community? Are you connected to the house of God? Are you connected to the power source that God is? Because you are all called to be lights to this world. Amen? Amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already, and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.